Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023. I am Gabriel Hernandez, your publisher in EIC for comicalopinions.com, and welcome to our weekly newsletter. Uh, we're going to start off with our op-ed, of course, but before we do, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we would love to have you as a follower. We'd like to interact with you. So if you would care to share this with all your friends and family, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing, how we can make things better. We're always looking to make things better, as everyone should in everything that they do. So if you um, like what you hear or you want to hear something different or more, or uh, just something kind of completely outside of what we normally present, please let us know and uh, like, share, follow, comment, and subscribe. So today's op-ed is going to be a little bit of a cautionary tale. We don't do these often, but this article, or I should say it's a Tumblr blog post, came to my attention. And when I read it, it, it sort of struck a chord with me about with great power comes great responsibility, as uh, Marvel Comics would say in the case of Spider-Man. And in this case, uh, where I'm going to name a name, and it's I think it's fair game because this was a public question that was uh, asked, and the creator in question uh, posted a public answer to it. The answer was interesting and insightful in some ways, but also... Um, I would say concerning it in other ways. So I wanted to, to kind of talk about it a little bit and under and just sort of impress upon you my opinion about why I think there's you have to express caution when you're creating your own characters, or if you're a publisher and you're looking to bring on guest writers to caretake your characters, why you have to be super super careful because things can change on a dime if you're not paying attention, and that change could either be a benefit or could be a really big problem that's going to last for a very long time and very hard to undo if you're not careful. So uh, the article in question today was a, a question that was asked to uh, noted comic writer Gail Simone. It was on a, a, Tumblr post, a Tumblr blog post. Now, just to be clear, this is not new. This came out in 2016, but this is the first time I've ever read it, and it, it sort of struck a chord with me again. Uh, but I thought it was worth exploring, not because of the nature of the question as far as the specific change, but the rationale that Gail Simone applied to that question and the change he tried to do and how it wound up not getting in, put in place, but why it was just so, why it struck a chord with me, I think it'll be clear in a minute. So uh, a character, or a uh, character, uh, an individual asked uh, Gail Simone, I, had, I heard recently that Dinah, uh, meaning Black Canary, was at one point supposed to say something along the lines of being 70% hetero in the comics, but something happened and the line got dropped. Is that true? Now, that's a fair question. Uh, I mean, it's not really relevant to the character as far as her canon and, and the, the journey she goes on, especially as a member of the Birds of Prey or her relationship with um, Oliver. Uh, but Gail uh, took the question and answered it in fair. Now, the I'm just providing an excerpt here, but there is a link to the full answer in the op-ed, so you can read the whole thing for yourself. But this is the part I want to focus on, and, and it sort of struck me uh, pretty pretty hard. I'm not sure why exactly, but let's get into it. I came on the book and my feeling was that Dinah was likely bi. I can't say I remember that it was made, what, what it was that made me feel that way, except that she reminded me a lot of some of the awesome gay women I knew from the Bay Area of California, San Francisco, many of whom rode motorcycles of some of whom could fight and wore leather, all of which reminded me of Dinah. Or maybe I just, along with so many other sort of fanfic, that aspect entirely based on the art artwork reading between the lines. Now, uh, so what's the big deal about that? It's the whether or not Dinah is 
hetero, 70% hetero, straight, bi, whatever, is, is not what I'm focusing on today. It's the nature of Gil Simone's response as to why I think this was um, an issue that, that, that we need to be very careful about. If you read through the, um, uh, the, the, the response in totality, but even though I've just given you an excerpt, uh, Gail goes into more depth and some nuance, but that's, that paragraph really pretty much sums it up. And I'll be the first one to admit that there, there are, when it comes to characters, we tend to get invested in characters, whether it's Black Canary, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, whoever the case may be. We can invest in them because we, we start to relate to them as they were, though they were real people. They have thoughts, they have feelings, they have attitudes, they have personalities. Their history goes into who they are, where they fit into the current uh, timeline, and, and where they're going, and just everything about them it starts to get fleshed out. And that's how we get invested in them, because we relate to them as real people, even though technically speaking, they're not. They're fictional characters, we understand that. But when it comes to that character and how we relate to them and how that character can build up the fan base, it really comes down to what I call the three C's. Canon and continuity make up the first two. Uh, there's third, I'll, I'll get to in a minute, and I think that's the one where we're kind of running at odds with uh, Gail's response. So canon, what, what we define as canon, canon basically is the history of the character. It's all the adventures and all the conflicts and all the uh, growth and development that have occurred over the, of, over a period of years. Now canon, it can be flexible because we, we hear about retcons all the time. Somebody goes back in time or there was a secret event that happened that the character didn't know about and all of a sudden a person they thought was dead was alive let's take spider-man for example what if uncle ben was suddenly found to be alive and he never really died in the first place well that changes his canon but if it's done correctly it doesn't change it in a way that basically invalidates whatever happened in the past so that's canon there's flexibility it gets bent and sometimes broken all the time the second c is continuity uh, continuity is basically where they fit in the timeline, in the sequence events of things that are happening. So if Nightwing, <laughs> I'm going to pick on Nightwing, if Nightwing is in one Batman book here, but he's also in Detective Comics, and he's also in Teen Titans and everything, and, uh, and he's also in some kind of solo one-shot, well, that timeline doesn't line up. People get annoyed by it, but they kind of live with it. The, the other problem that you have is, with, especially with the big two, DC and Marvel, they both have this concept of a multiverse. So if a character dies in, in one environment, you could just pluck them out of the uh, uh, pluck them out of another environment. A perfect example is Miles Morales Spider-Man. So he doesn't exist in 616, or he didn't exist in 616, but he was plucked out of the Ultimates universe and placed our own. So you can have changes in the character's continuity uh, based on the aspects of time travel and or the multiverse. And we'd like things to be consistent. It would be great if time was linear, but that doesn't always work out that way. And we see that all the time where uh, creators uh, will break and bend the uh, continuity of a character to match whatever story they're telling. It's not great. I wish it would be better, but it does happen. And we've sort of come to accept that multiverse and time travel does happen. The third C is where we run into, I think, trouble with, with Gail's response. At least I personally run into trouble with Gail's response is consistency. Canon is the history of the character. You can change it, you can retcon it, you can do some alternate variations on it, or even pluck things out that they didn't know existed and, and make it something new. Continuity is where they fit in the timeline, but again, with the concept of the multiverse and time travel, you can hop from one timeline to another and there's, they're subject to bake, uh, bending and breaking. Consistency, I think, is where we're 
have to insist on being more rigid. And consistency is the nature of the character themselves, their personality, their outlook on life, their moral code, their heart, their soul, their feelings, their identity. Consistency encapsulates all those aspects of what makes that character feel real to the people who are fans of them. And so if you try and change a character's canon, we can work around it to a certain degree. If you try, try to change your continuity where they fit in the timeline and the sequence of events, there's some flexibility there. When you change your character's consistency, which is the nature of their identity and who they are, that's where we run into problems. If I take Spider-Man out of the 616 and place him in another universe, I can go with that. But if I say Spider-Man, for example, um, all of a sudden hates New York City, doesn't like urban areas and develops a weird lisp and walks with a limp, <laughs> from from a birth defect i mean that's all kind of weird and people are just like that came out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's not spider-man anymore and so that's where we have to be the most um dogmatic and rigid about maintaining a character is not their canon not their continuity but in their consistency so back to black canary and gail's response and why it struck me so hard is because if you read that response really what it says is gail was thinking about changing dinah's uh sexual identity sexual identity simply because she thought she looked like a gay woman she knew from San Francisco. There, there's no story rationale behind that change. There was nothing, and, and oddly, her explanation is kind of strangely stereotypical and superficial for what it means to be gay and bisexual. So I thought that was weird, and we can have a separate conversation about that probably if you want to dig into that one. Uh, but But there was no reason behind it. Gail simply was thinking about and had intended to, if you read that whole blog post, it almost happened. It was just an editorial mistake that it didn't happen in the first place. She intended to change that character's identity simply because she could, because it reminded her of somebody else. There was no story reasoning for it. There was no, nothing that furthered the character by doing it. It was something she wanted to do just because she could. And I think that in and of itself kind of is troubling to be honest with you. Uh, and, and you say, well, why? because she's uh, gay or not or straight or not. No, that has nothing to do with it. It's because when you change a character at a fundamental level with their identity, what that ha now happens is now that change has to be taken account forevermore for the rest of that character's existence. And so if you think about our current kind of sort of cancel culture, uh, culture war type of environment that we live in today, uh, I, I can just picture in my mind without too much trouble, all the arguments and the back and forth and the squabbling and the fighting about, um, you know, is she a relationship with Ollie? Why isn't she in a relationship with Oracle, which was the intention of the blog post if you read it in full? Why isn't she a relationship with character X and Y and Z? It, the focus comes off the character of her journey and her adventures and now becomes who is she dating and, and who she's in a relationship with. And, and that now that becomes like this big burden of stone around the neck of uh, Black Canary that every writer then has to take into account forevermore. So I can imagine where that trouble and that uh, angst and all that aggravation that a writer would have to go through and the readers would have to go through for the rest of history simply because Gail had a, this kind of whimsical idea because Dinah looked like a gay biker chick from San Francisco that 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 would be an appropriate change. It's not, <laughs> and so so the the question is so it didn't happen because of an editorial mistake. It it just it wound up getting taken out of the script or it was a, the wrong draft went to print, and so that little change got taken out, but it was fully intended to go in there, and so it was a sort of a dodged bullet in that case. And so, again, this is a cautionary tale. 
if you're a creator owner, meaning you're creating your own characters that you own and you intend to bring in guest writers to write that character, you must be super careful about what they're writing. You have to either edit yourself or get an editor that you can trust to make sure you check every word, every narration box to make sure that that character is consistent with your intention. If they're meant to be a certain way, make sure they stay a certain way when you bring a guest writer on. Publishers is the same thing. The larger publishers, like the big two, they have character Bibles. They're supposed to anyway. I'm not sure how often they use them anymore, but they're supposed to. And the editors who are working at the big two must make sure that the, when, the, when they bring in guest writers to write for certain characters, that they are consistent with who they are in the character Bibles and who they need to be going forward. Because it doesn't matter just for that writer at that time. It matters for every writer that comes after. And it's our obligation. It is our. It is a great power to be a creator. It's a great power to be a writer to write for characters that you love. But with great power comes great responsibility, and we must maintain that consistency, unless it's for an extremely good reason. So that's it. That's the op-ed for today. Please read the blog post. Let me know what you think about um, what what almost happened, uh, and let me know what you think about other characters who you think uh, got changed too abruptly or on a whim or without good reason, and how that made you feel as a reader, because you know. Reader feelings do matter because if we don't feel good about the characters we're reading about, then we don't buy the comics, and that's not what we want. So that's the op-ed for today, and I'll take a quick pause, and we're going to move on over to the uh, rest of the newsletter, just a couple housekeeping items. So uh, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, I had the opportunity to sit in on the Comic Aficionados uh, live stream. And we had a good talk, a very lengthy talk, about what DC is doing right now, which is not great these days. Uh, we ended Night Terrors, which, to be frank, was a terrible event. And we're jumping right into Gotham, Gotham War, which so far is not sh shaping up too great because, again, you have characters that are written extremely out of character. And they are not consistent with who they are or how they've been established. And that's, uh, you know, that's creating some uh, negative critical response, at least, and some negative uh, fan response as well from what I've seen. So uh, check out that video uh, so you can hear my thoughts and the thoughts of a bunch of other people that I trust. And uh, let me know what you think about that as well. Uh, third, uh, we, as you can tell, this uh uh, live stream or uh, not live stream. Sorry, this uh, newsletter recording is also we're taking the audio and we're posting it as podcasts on all the major podcast platforms. I know we talked about starting off with Google, but it seems really easy to just do them all, all at once. And so there we are. So the newsletter uh, contains a list of all the audio podcast platforms where we're posting this uh, message. And if you don't see the platform that you like, let me know and we'll get it added and then we'll move on from there to make sure that we present this as a podcast everywhere that you listen. We want to make sure that we give you uh, the every opportunity to kind of hear what we're trying to say and hopefully get the message out. Uh, now let's talk about the reviews. It was a short week because of in the United States, it was uh, Labor Day. So we had a short week. So we had a short list of reviews. They're still pretty good, but we wanted to uh, make sure that we got them out there for you for your reading enjoyment. And if you see a lot review here that you like and you want to share with your friends, please do so. Or if you see a comic title or a comic creator or a comic publisher that we're not covering, let us know. Put a comment down below in, in YouTube or in the newsletter or for in the podcast areas and let us know. And we'll be happy to reach out to that publisher and see if we can get them included. Uh, so first we have Kill Your Darlings, number one from Image Comics. That was a nice sort of mix of horror and fantasy focusing on a little girl. Uh, Heat Seeker, a gun hunting series, number three from Titan Comics. 
uh, that one is had a really big, huge twist at the end. And we've talked about this before, about every comic and every issue in every series having one big idea. That one had a big idea that just kind of uh, smacks you across the face, and it was a good one. Uh, our pick of the week is Sacrificers number two from uh, Image Comics with uh, Rick Remender. That series is just chock full of layers and emotional depth and interesting mind uh mind-altering, almost, uh, thought-provoking uh, thought concepts. So if you like um, fantasy, but that talks about different ideas about faith and relationships and understanding uh, emotional impact of our, our belief in whatever we hold sacred, gods or not, uh, that's a great uh, fantasy comic to pick up. And that's also our pick of the week. Uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, Fatal Exams number one. So that's Return to Sheena from uh, Dynamite Comics. And so far, they're off to a good start. Uh, Van Helsing, The Horror Beneath, uh, num uh, it's a one-shot, uh, from Zenoscope Entertainment. So Pat Shand is back, and he has written a pretty solid character piece exploring the relationship between uh, Liesl Van Helsing and Julie Jekyll. And uh, you got a, you got a great character, a lot of emotional depth in that, in that uh, particular comic. So uh, check that one out. Colts number one from uh, Blood Moon Comics. That's a future sci-fi military action comic. So you want to check that one out. And Crusader number one from Mad Cave Studios, where you have a Templar Knight who gets sucked into an alternate world that's very much like Dungeons and Dragons. So imagine the Knights Templar and in a fantasy world with goblins and monsters. And there you go. So uh, some good comics. It's a shorter list because it was a short week, but uh, all good ones. So uh, hopefully you check some of those out and let us know what you think. Uh, coming up this week, it is kind of back to our normal schedule. So we have the Drake Hawks Awakens. It's an indie submission. And Rebel Girls, number one, also an indie submission. We have from Image Comics, Enfield Gang Massacre, number two. Issue number one was great. Hopefully they'll keep it up. Swallower Shades from Dead Sky Publishing. That is a uh, horror comic that's a one-shot, but it's one-shot as part of a four-part series. So we're looking to see uh, how that comes out. That's from J.M. Brandt, who also did Swamp Dogs, which we liked a lot. Uh, Bloodborne, Bleak Dominion, number one from Titan Comics. This is re Return to the Bloodborne uh, universe based on the video game. Uh, Scarlet Couture, the Munich file, number two, from also from Titan Comics. This is sort of the same crime noir uh, type of comic in the same vein as uh, Gun Honey. So Hopefully that's a, that'll turn out to be a good one. Creep Show Volume Two Number One. I'm personally looking forward to this. I'm a big Creep Show fan. Uh, we recently started covering Image Comics, and uh, hopefully they can they can deliver on the comics as well as they do with the films and the early um, uh, Creep Show comics from decades past. Uh, Necronomicon One Shot from Zenoscope. This is a kind of the that fill-in piece that the figures out how uh, Holmes and uh, Lovecraft work into the year of, of Lovecraft from uh, Zenoscope. And uh, we'll see if that uh, kind of makes that event even richer than it already is. Project Reese number two from Mad Cave. This is the continuation of the a gold a Nazi gold hunt under uh, under a mysterious castle. Uh, that's I believe that's from Zach Thompson. Uh, You've been canceled number four. That's an end to a great series that has a lot of similarities to The Running Man, but with a bounty hunter twist. Uh, Grit and Gears number six. That's the steampunk Old West series from Blood Moon Comics, and that's been pretty strong so far. Uh, Tox number three from Eric Pelicki, and uh, that is the a story about a. a pandemic that wipes out the earth and then it generates mutants and then you have the last woman on earth who is pregnant and so you've got a mix of different genres there that that could be interesting if you like that sort of thing arms of the dragon from more caesar and tokyo pop this is the continuation of their mangas 
uh, manga titles that are uh, that have a uh, Afrocentric focus. So we'll see if that's a good one or not. Negaduck number one. This is a spinoff from uh, Darkwing Duck uh, from Dynamite Comics. Gargoyles number nine, also from Dynamite Comics. Both Disney titles there. And Mech Cadets, uh, Mech Cadets number two from Boom. Uh, this is all the comic adaptation of the Netflix cartoon or does the Netflix cartoon come before or after? I'm not sure which, but they're, the two are supposed to go together, so we'll see how that goes. So that is it for our newsletter today. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please, again, leave a comment down below. Let us know how we can do better, what we can give you that would make this more interesting for you. Uh, and if you have a minute, please uh, like, share, comment, subscribe, both for the video, podcast, in the written Substack newsletter, whichever format makes sense for you. Uh, this is Gabe Hernandez uh, signing off. And have a great Monday.